Welcome to the Marian Message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. Each week we'll hear God's Word explored by Dr. Henry M. Meadows Jr. as he preaches from the pulpit of Marian Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. We pray that this message will be a blessing and further your walk with God. Let's join him now. I fear too many of us put stock in this life and not the next one. Can I make a statement that's rather bold? That wasn't good. Death is not something to be shunned, but it's something to be loved and desired. I know some were saying, how could you say that, preacher? I miss my loved one. Man, I, I miss my dad and my grandparents, too. I miss them two little kids that I have waiting for me. And I, I guess you'll miss me here, but I would never try to get my daddy back. One day I'm going to him. He'll never come back this way. James Moffat said these words. Death is never the last word in the life of a righteous man. When a man leaves the world, be he righteous or unrighteous, he leaves something in this world. He may leave something that will grow like grow and spread like a cancer or a poison. Or he may leave something like the fragrance of a perfume or a blossom of beauty that permeates the atmosphere with blessing. You'll either leave this planet like Abel or you'll leave it like Cain. I'm in Hebrews chapter 11 today in verse 4. It's a story that we're all familiar with. And I want to talk to you about today about the way of Cain or the way of the cross. You see, I've entitled this, How to Approach God. And that's really the only two ways you can approach God. The way of Cain or the way of the cross. One is a way of faith. One is a way of works. As I was studying this week and, and just praying and, and seeking God's face, man, the, the words of the prophet Habakkuk just screamed in my ears and from Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. The righteous will live by his faith. I don't want you to think that this idea of the blood atonement began somewhere in the New Testament on Calvary. It was there before the foundation of the world. And it was shown very early on. We're going to look at the lives of two men. So would you stand at the reading of God's word out of honor and respect if you're able? We're going to start in Hebrews and we're going to read verse chapter 11, verse 4, and then I want you to we're going to go quickly to Genesis chapter 4 and look at the story. By faith, you ought to underline that, highlight that, circle that. You're going to hear that throughout the next six, eight weeks. By faith. Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died... 
he still speaks. We're still reading about him and preaching about him and talking about him today. Now quickly flip over there to Genesis chapter 4 if you would. Genesis chapter 4, and I'm going to read about 12 verses or so. Well, not really that many, probably. Um, just, I don't know. Now, Abel knew his, Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and saying, I have gotten a man. I, I could unpack all that, because finally when she has Seth, she says, the Lord has granted me a man. There's a, a whole lot she's saying right there, with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. And his face fell. You know who the angriest person is in this building right now? The person that knows about God, but is far away and refuses to come to God. You're angry because you want God to allow you to live your life. That's what Cain wanted. He wanted to come like he wanted to come. And he was mad that God would not accept his way. See, there's a thought out there today. You've heard it. As long as you really, really believe in what you profess, you get to go to heaven. Well, that way didn't work for Cain, and it won't work for you. You're going to see today very clearly there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to approach God to get to heaven. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Here's what he says. If you'll listen to me, no matter if you're in your sin, I'll forgive you. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. The word crouching there means it's like a lion that's hidden in the, in the weeds. And it's sitting there waiting for the prey to come, come by and it will attack when it's there. That's what, listen, if you're here today and that's you, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when, when they were in the field, he rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. I want you to let this thought be permeating through your brain as, as I'm preaching today. This man who was unwilling to kill a little lamb was more than willing to kill his brother. That, in a nutshell, is what religion does. Kill that little lamb and bring a blood offering? No, 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 no. Kill my brother because I'm angry at God? Yes, 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 yes. How insane is that thought? Father, God, help us to come the way of Abel. God, we love you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want to see first as we jump in the religiousness of Cain's offering. 
the religiousness of Cain's offering. Cain had a religion, and it was a religion of self-works. Cain had this religion of coming my own way. That's what all religions today are. It's a, it's, religions are just our way of wanting to get to heaven because that's what religion is. It's a man-made thing that at its very core is naturalistic and humanistic. Because you think it's unfair what God asks of you. And yet you'll make great demands of anyone to follow you. This is a, a works type of religion. Here's the truth about this, though. Cain obviously believed in God. He knew God was there. He understood that God was there because he came to bring an offering. But he didn't believe God's word. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, we read those words that we are saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. I fear way too many of us have put our hopes of heaven on some work that we do. Well, preacher, I come to church every Sunday and I put a little money in the offering plate and I do this. Friends, that, that will not get you to heaven. Being a member of Mary Baptist Church does not get you to heaven or a member of any other church. It's not going to happen. But Cain thought that since that's what he was, he should be able to come his own way. He, he obviously worked tirelessly, you would think, on this. And we know he did. Well, preacher, you may say, how do you know that he had to work tirelessly on it? Well, go back to Genesis chapter 3. Talking to Adam, and he says this. Because, in verse 17, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground. Because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. Can, can you not see Cain? He is working in, and at some point we know that, and I'm going to prove this to you in a minute, we know that God had told them when to come and God told them how to come. God will never expect anything of you that he's not clearly shown you how to do it. Hello, that's a great truth. So somewhere in this, God has um, come to Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve, and he's spoken to them some way. We have no clue. I have no clue. But we know he spoke, and he said, when you approach me now, it can no longer be like it was in the Garden of Eden. I will not come and just walk with you in the cool of the evening. Now when you come, it's got to be through a blood sacrifice. For you to come into my presence, there has to be a covering of blood. Can you hear Cain? What? Blood? I don't deal with that stuff because I don't like all that uh, blood. Who wants all that mess? Who would want a sacrifice of blood? God, that's who. Matter of fact, God demands it. That's why Jesus went to the cross Flipping your Bible to Titus, chapter 3. 
Titus chapter 3. But when this is verse 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Here it is. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but by his own mercy, according to his own mercy. I wonder how many of us are just like Cain, though. How many of us think that God's going to let us into heaven because of our attendance at some church and that our name was on a church roll? I wonder how many of us think that, that God's going to accept us because we've been good to the poor and we've, we've given money to, to the Red Cross or we've done this and we put stock in our membership of a church or some other work, you name it. Well, preacher, I've been involved in this ministry. Well, I want to ask you this question. That ministry will not take you to heaven. I want to ask you, has your name ever been written in the Lamb's Book of Life? We think just because we've done this or we've done that, we're going to be okay. We, we, we think that somehow that it was because of the work of Jesus when he began to need and demand the, the blood offering and sacrifice. Go to Leviticus chapter 17. He said it from basically the jump. We know he obviously said something to Cain and Abel. Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. This was not a creation when Jesus came to the cross, friends. It has been before the foundation of the world that God demanded a blood sacrifice, to make atonement, it is by the blood. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 9.22 reminds us of this very truth. But so many of us do not believe it because we don't want to hear God's words, because we don't think we should talk about that. We think God should accept us because we're good. Friends, can I make this statement? The Bible says there's none good, no, not one. We think God already accepts us because of something that we've done or, or how we were baptized one day. That water will do nothing to you. You can go down a dry center and come up a wet center. Cain wanted to worship God on his own terms. I wonder how many of us in here today are the very same way. How many of us think we, we worship God just because we come here and we sit through an hour sermon and you, you just deal with it because many times I can look on your face and you would rather be anywhere but here. We walk in and we sit here like this and we, we cross our arms and we just sort of look the whole time like a, a calf looking at a gate for the very first time. We stand to sing songs and we sing like this. I'm telling y'all, we got to sing it over there about holy, holy, holy. I'm telling y'all, I got goosebumps. Some of you going, why? Now understand this, and I'm going to get to this in a minute. Worship is not then, 
Worship is now. And some of you are not worshiping right now. Some of you are going, man, would you just finish? Here's what you're saying. Would you just finish so I can go home and I can check the box that I've been to a worship service? Are you, can I ask you this question? Are you doing what God has called you to do? Next week, I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking about um, some spiritual disciplines when we talk about the life of Enoch, and, and we know that Enoch walked with God and then he was not. What made his walk so special? Can, can I just tell you one thing real quick? He knew how to serve. Some of us don't. As a matter of fact, some of us won't. You know that old saying that 20% of the people do 80% of the work? It's so true. Church this size, and we're begging people to work in our children's department. You ought to be ashamed. Well, I've put in my years. I just, I've read this book. I've read it front to back, back to front. I started in the middle and went both ways. I've read it time and time again. And in no place and in nowhere have I ever read you retire from the ministry. But preacher, I've been teaching this, this four-year-old class for the last 45 years. We'll keep teaching it till either God calls you home or Jesus calls you home. See, some of y'all didn't get what I just said. One's by death and one's rapture. I saw some confused looks out there, Okay. First Samuel, flip over to First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 15. Here's what God wants from you. you. You may say, what does God want from me, preacher Hank? Just what does he want? Your life and your obedience. That's where we falter, isn't it? Well, I, I, I give, Hank, and I, I do this, Hank. Well, what does God want from you? 1 Samuel chapter 15, look at verse 22. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion, by the way, what he's saying is when you do not obey the word of the Lord, that's rebellion. Rebellion is as the sin of divination. He's equating you to witchcraft. He's equating disobedience to the word to witchcraft. Now, we would say things like, well, it's just a little lie. I just didn't feel like doing it today. And presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. I don't, no, 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 preacher, preacher. See, this is where you're wrong. You, you didn't reject. I didn't reject it. I just, I just didn't follow through right there. You rejected it. You're no better in that moment than Cain. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Acts chapter 5, verse 29.
the disciples said it's better that we obey God rather than man. Some of us, all we want to do is come our way. We, we think we know it all. And we want to have this our own way that we can get there. Can you not see, oh, Abel, I mean, Cain, as he's coming there? And, and I'm sorry, guys, I was going to try to stay behind there, but I just can't. So here, here's Cain, as he has worked tirelessly, and he's worked by the sweat, and he's got, he's got, oh, listen, y'all, he's got roses, and he's got daisies, and he's got whatever your favorite um, bush, and he's got all these beautiful flowers, and then he, he's brought the most beautiful ears of corn and, and potatoes and tomatoes. I did a little rhyme right there. You heard that, right? And he does all that stuff, and as he brings it, can you not see he's wheelbarrowing that stuff in, and he's like, I know God will accept this because look how beautiful it is. Some of you come the same way. I know God's going to accept me in the heaven when I die because look how beautiful I've been my whole life. I have not killed anybody and I've not drank and I've not done this and I've not done that. So I'm going to be okay when I die. You will no more hear the word of God, well done, my good and faithful servant, than Cain did. So Cain is doing all that. And here comes old Abel. The religiousness of Cain's offering. Now let's look at the righteousness of Abel's offering. So Cain comes from over here. And here comes old Abel. Every step there's blood drops. I believe he's got a tear in his eye. And he brings it. And can you hear Cain, get that mess away from my, my offering. Good, now you're going to make it look bad. But you see, Abel came by faith. Holding your hand there in Genesis 4, go back to Hebrews 11. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. By faith, Abel offered a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Now, we would say, why in the world, how can that bloody dead animal be more acceptable than these beautiful flowers and this look sweet smell? I mean, can you smell it? I mean, the tomatoes and all the vegetables and the fruits and the grapes and all that stuff was there. Who would want this dead sacrifice over these beautiful work of his hands? See, he, unlike Cain, he took God at his word. Well, preacher, I've had one person tell me, how did they really know what to bring? Well, here's how I know they knew what to bring. Obviously, God told them. Because, you see, it says by faith, in, he, in Hebrews eleven four. by faith, well, if I go to now to Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, what does the Bible say? Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. 
somehow, someway, I don't have a clue how it happened, but in that midst, God still met with Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, and he, somehow he began to talk to them and, and teach them and, and show them. And by the way, just in case you did not know, old Abel was a prophet, and so God spoke directly to him, I think, at times, and told him is what he expected. He'll never expect something from you that he doesn't tell you what to do. Abel trusted God and trusted his word. Some of you may be saying, preacher, how do you know he was a prophet? Go to Luke chapter 11. Go to Luke chapter 11. And look at verse 49. Luke chapter 11, verse 49, he says, Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed, this is how I know he had this plan from also, shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against his generation from the blood of Abel, to the blood of Zechariah that he was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Flip over to Acts now, chapter 10, and look at verse 43. And so what was the message of Abel at that day? To him all the prophets, talking about the good news of Jesus Christ. To him all the prophets bear witness, Jesus, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name because of his blood sacrifice. Jesus became our propitiation. He became our substitutionary atonement. You're probably going, those are big words. Nope, here it is. Propitiation just means he was our covering. He covered you. When you come to know him, he covers you in his blood. He washes away all your sins. He takes them as far as the east is from the west. And then he's your substitutionary atonement. He's the one that died in your stead. It's still the same way today. Do you know how you approach God today? By the blood of Jesus. You never come empty-handed, but too many of us are coming thinking it's all because we have so many smarts. We have such good attributes. We are professional athletes, or we are this, or we are that. Friends, it has nothing to do with you. You come by way of the blood. If I were to ask you today, Right where you're at, to quote me, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, I mean everybody could do it. I, if you've been in church more than two weeks, you probably can quote Romans 3, 23. We all know what it says. For all have sinned. We're really good at that. For all have sinned and, and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that. Have you read any further? Notice what the rest of it says. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, here it is, by his blood. You don't see that scarlet thread that runs all the way through the entire Bible about the blood of Jesus? It's about the blood. And then I love this, to be received, how? By faith. Now, some of you, I don't know, you may totally disagree. And we can have this discussion. But I've got some guys, man, that, that I love and I trust, but I totally disagree with them on something. 
Last Sunday, I'm about to go off screen here, and I know what I'm telling them now. Last Sunday, if you weren't here, little J.C. Ann. Hey, J.C., wave. We're in the invitation, and right here, they were sitting right here last Sunday too, man, and, and I saw Dad walk, step out, man, I'm like, oh, what's happening? Here comes little J.C. Ann, by herself, I might say, smiling. But every step, she got a little bit teary. I asked her, she, she's standing right there, I said, I said, dear one, what do you want? I want Jesus. Now, see, I've got some friends that I love. Here's what they would have done right there, little J.C. Ann. Okay, Sugar, now we're going to put you through this class for four or five weeks, and we're going to make sure that you understand everything that you need to understand about faith, okay? So we're going to make you go through this class, and then you can come and you can present yourself. And I'm saying this on live, so some of these dudes are going to see it, so I know I'm going to get some messages about this. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. I see, give you an example, like little J.C. Ann last week. I said, honey, you just need faith. And I talked to her really quickly about faith, and we talked about a lot of stuff real quick right up here, right? And she kept saying, yes, I want Jesus. Did that thing just appear out of nowhere? Okay. Y'all think this is not a put on? I'm telling y'all, that's freaky. Because I would have sworn that was not there. Look, that one right there is not there. I looked a minute ago, Jay. I'm telling you, from over there, I looked and I didn't see it. Now, all of a sudden, it's there. Don't mess with me. I'll pray against you in a heartbeat. I'm not being funny. But if that's the case, if I should have took J.C. in and let minister about five or six weeks, if I should have needed to have done that, tell me why in the Bible, in the Philippian jail, when Paul is there singing songs in the night and that earthquake happens and the jailer runs in and he says, what must I do to be saved? Why didn't the Philippian jailer say, why didn't Paul say, well, now I need you to come with me back to my place of residence and I'm going to instruct you in about four to five to six weeks and then we're going to figure out whether you know enough or not. No, no, no. What did he say? Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. I am so tired of people, pastors, and other people that think they're so stinking smart that want to put something out there. You got to do this, 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 this to have faith. No, to have faith, you just have faith. Now, you should grow there. You should be discipled afterwards. We need to make sure we disciple JC, and we need to make sure we disciple Dusty and everybody else. There needs to be discipleship, but to accept Jesus, y'all, it's just simply faith. I don't understand where these guys get off. Like, well, I'll make a decision if you know enough about Jesus. Who made you God? And are you smarter than the Apostle Paul? When I go back to, what did he say? Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. When he met Lydia, what did he tell her? Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. We act like we got this mystical power, and that is nothing but witchcraft when you start doing stuff like that. You come by faith. 
Jesus had the blood atonement on his mind and heart before the foundation of the world. You think about Abraham. Abraham goes, he finally has his son, and he goes to the top of the mountain, and he's about to kill him, and I'm not going to all of that. And then the Lord says, hold on. I know you love me more than anything else. There's a ram. And then Jesus, so many thousands of years later, what did he say? He says, your father Abraham saw my day and was glad. How about Passover? Well, if you guys have been really good Jews, when I send the destroyer or not, he's going to know that you are really good and you've done a bunch of work and I'm going to pass over. No, he did not say that. What did he say? When I see the blood, I'll pass over. The whole Levitical system was based on that. It's the precious blood of the Lamb. Go back to there, Abel, real quick. Can you picture him bringing his, that little lamb? He was a keeper of the sheep, and he had to look for one that was without spot or blemish. I'll be willing to bet money. God gave him the same truth because he doesn't change. Can you hear him say, hey, I want you to make sure this little lamb is without spot and without blemish. And that's the one I want you to kill and give to me. And can you not see Abel coming with tears in his eyes? This little lamb that he loved and he cared for gave his life so that Abel could come by faith. Do you not think that God in that moment, if he could, would have had tears in his eyes as he offered his son so that you and I, by faith, could come? There's nothing you can add to that. Last thing I want to see really quickly is the results of both offerings. You can approach God one of two ways, and that's the only two ways to approach God. By the way of the cross or the way of Cain. I'm so fearful that so many of us are trying to come by the way of Cain. We have this picture of two specific ways. So look at the way of the cross first. And the Bible says that there in Genesis chapter 4, I want you to see this. Hebrews says it was a, a more acceptable sacrifice. Here's why. Because when he says right here, and the Lord had regard. That word regard means respect. It means to gaze at, to inspect. It means that God saw what he had done. Abel was just as sinful as Cain. But he obeyed. See, I don't care if you're in here today. I, it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter how, quote, unquote, sinful you are, are or were. Do you hear the Savior calling? And just in case you needed to hear this one more time, 
If you want to know why you come by the way of the cross, because Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You, you don't get there by trying to get to nirvana, not the group, the thing. You don't get there by meditation. You don't get there by following the teachings of Mary Baker Eddy. You don't get there by teaching the ways of Joseph Smith or Brigham Young. You don't get there by teaching the ways and believing the ways of John Russell. You don't get there by any false doctrine. You get there by the blood of the Lamb and by Jesus Christ because he was the perfect Lamb. Or you come the way of Cain, the selfish way. Thinking you can get to heaven in any way that works. Had a buddy of mine. I, I don't know, maybe he's listening today. Last words I had with him was this. I said, Chris, do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Here's what he said. Hank, don't worry about me. Me and God, we got a deal. I said, no, Chris. No, you don't. God doesn't make deals with anybody. Some of you here today, you're just like my buddy Chris was. Or is. You think God's going to make a deal with you. God, if, if you'll get me out of this, here's the deal. If you'll get me out of this situation, I'll, I'll come to church every Sunday for the rest of my life. Okay, great for you. You came to church. See, some of you are going to run with that. See, you don't need to go to church. Eh. You obey God's word like we're talking about. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Do not forsake the gathering together with fellow believers, even the more so as the day approaches. And if you don't hear that day approaching, you deaf. Preacher, what do you mean? It means you ought to be at church. Can I just throw this out there? You know, I was asked just about two weeks ago, Preacher, how many people y'all got on roll? I said over 500. You kidding me? Good night. Your church is crazy big. I went, don't worry about it. Only about 180 come. Only about 180. 175, 180. Sometimes we get 200 some now. But, you know, others, I guess they got it going on themselves. Some of them I beg and plead with, and they just refuse to come. They want to, I just laid up in the bed. The way of Cain, thinking you got to deal with God. John chapter 8, verse 31. It said, You shall know the truth, and the truth 
shall set you free. Not some work, but the truth. Some of us here today, we need to begin to obey the word of God. Some of you need to obey it because I'm here to tell you, and this is for everybody, including Hank Meadows, we're trying to come the way of Cain. We're trying to bring this work thinking it ought to be good enough. And it won't ever be. How do you approach God? Could you honestly say today by the way of the cross? Or would you have to say the way of Cain? And here's my prayer is that right now somebody in this place is going, Preacher, I'm afraid I'm coming the way of Cain, but I want to come the way of the cross. Can you tell me how? Yep, very easily. Admit you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus. Confess him as Lord and Savior. See, you want to make it harder than that, but it's not. Now, from there, you need to be discipled. Like I said about J.C. Ann and Dusty and all the others that have been here. Faith is simple. Won't you come today the way of the cross? Thanks for listening to the Marian Message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. If you would like to know more, you can reach us on our Facebook page or on our website, www.marianbcba.com.